Straw Hut Media. Here in California, when my partner and I are ready to start a family, we have options. We could adopt or have a baby via surrogacy. Although it's expensive, many same-sex couples in the United States, particularly in California, opt to go the surrogacy route. I never considered that for many couples around the world, queer and straight, surrogacy isn't an option. Most countries that have legal surrogacy specifically exclude queer people and same-sex couples. In fact, there are very few countries that have supportive surrogacy laws that also include same-sex couples. These countries include the United States, which supports commercial surrogacy for gay couples, Canada, which restricts surrogacy only to nonprofit, altruistic programs, Colombia, some states in Australia, and a few European countries, including the UK, Denmark, Belgium, and the Netherlands. Today, you'll hear from Aurelien and Nicholas, a French couple who, confronted by France's conservative surrogacy laws, decided to exhaust their last option by traveling to Las Vegas to start a family of their own through surrogacy. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. I'm Aurelien, I'm 38 years old, and I'm father of two kids, and I'm part of the documentary Ghost of the Republic, and my husband. Hello, nice to meet you. I am uh, Nicolas, uh, I have, uh, I'm also the father of our two kids. We live in France, and uh, yeah, we have our kids through surrogacy in the US. Nicolas and Aurelien are a charming and average couple. Nicolas is a property manager, and Aurelian is a flight attendant. Like many couples around the world, Nicholas and Aurelian wanted desperately to be parents. When we met, uh, we were young, like in um, early 20s, and um, it was, uh, for us, it was uh, obvious that we will have uh, a family together. Um, and when we have, uh, when we saw the different options that we had to, uh, to be able to be fathers, uh, in our way, the only um, opportunity that uh, fits our goal uh, was the surrogacy. But in their home country of France, surrogacy is illegal. Yeah, absolutely illegal. <laughs> yeah, it's illegal. Even IVF was illegal for lesbian couple and for single women. The law will change in a few months, but he has been a, a really taught fight for um, single women and for lesbian couples. And even, for example, to, to for the donation of uh, the eggs or the sperm, it's very difficult in France. Um, it can't be known, it can't be paid for that, it can't be, so it, it's very strict. And uh, the surrogacy is completely illegal in France. Even just putting uh, in contact a person who wants to be a surrogate, even if you don't exchange money, if, if even if it's a friend of you and she just wants to help you, it's completely illegal. From the beginning, Nicholas and Aurelian knew that their journey to parenthood would be long, stressful, expensive, and risky. In fact, they almost didn't move forward with the process. 
Now we we knew that um, there's a, a really bad um, way to present surrogacy in France. So first time we heard about it, it was we have in mind that it's only rich people who buy babies to poor people. So um, because in France, as we knew that it was illegal, and uh, the way that um, people talk about it, people, medias, and uh, it's a very, very bad way. So at first, when we heard about that, uh, we said, no, okay, it's not an option for us. So at first, they crossed surrogacy off their list of options and considered adoption. But surprise, France makes it really hard for same-sex couples to adopt. When we start, uh, we were young, adoption was not possible for gay couples. So if we wanted to adopt a child, it would be possible only if we, if we lied to the, to the, during the process, saying that we were single. But when the gay marriage was possible in France, so the adoption also was possible. But it's only possible. So it's written in the law, but um, there's only a few adoptions uh, possible in France because there's not so much kids, hopefully. Um, and we know that uh, for gay couples, it's like you have so uh, just a very, 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 very little chance to be, uh, to be able to have kids at one point if you go through adoption. It's very difficult, and even at, in the international adoption uh, process, just a few countries allowed gay couples to have uh, to be able to be parents. Ultimately, after connecting with couples who had already gone through the surrogacy process in the United States, they reconsidered and eventually set their minds to it. But after uh, meeting uh, couples who went to the U.S. and uh, who had a, a different uh, way to do surrogacy, like everything is legal, you don't have to hide yourself, and uh, the um, surrogates are aware of uh, what they are doing, and it's not only uh, um, a thing of rich uh, compared to poor people. So um, we were confident uh, on the way that um, surrogacy is organized in the U.S., so, but yes, from the beginning, we knew that it was uh, the things that we were doing uh, in the U.S. was illegal in France. And even we were a bit afraid about uh, what will happen when we came back with our baby in France, in our own country. When France legalized same-sex marriage in 2013, there was a widespread conservative objection that resulted in legislation so strict that it's practically impossible for same-sex couples to adopt, and surrogacy is banned for both same-sex and opposite-sex couples. Some French legislators and right-wing members of society view surrogacy as taking children from their mothers, or as the exploitation or even the enslavement of women. You may ask, why is surrogacy restricted in so many countries? Well, the answer is complicated. First, surrogacy's growing popularity has come at a human cost. In recent years, headlines alleging mistreatment of children and exploitation have captured the attention of legislators and the public worldwide. In addition to child welfare concerns, there are also cases of surrogate mothers being exploited by agencies or housed in inhumane conditions. Financially and socially vulnerable women can be targets of surrogacy recruitment, attracted by the sums of money they're offered, and then they're exploited and even taken advantage of. 
These instances have caused many countries to shut down their once booming surrogacy industries. In fact, last year, the UN warned that, quote, commercial surrogacy usually amounts to the sale of children, end quote. So, as I mentioned, it's complicated. When we came to different um, associations in France and what we learned on the, on, on the websites, and uh, the only opportunity for us was uh, to do the surrogacy in the US or in Canada, because it's the only country where um, kids uh, have the nationality and uh, we don't have to have uh, any um, documents to bring the, the kids in France because the US citizen and the Canadian citizen can enter uh, Europe without a visa. So um, for us, it was the only opportunity. So to make their dream of fatherhood a reality, Nicholas and Aurelian embarked on a quest that brought them across the Atlantic Ocean and halfway around the world to a little city in the Mojave Desert called Las Vegas. So we went to the US to meet uh, agency, surrogacy agencies. And that's uh, when we saw the journey, it was uh, like maybe six years after our first meetings, because um, financially it's um, like very important. So we had to take some time to have all the money um, uh, to be able to start the, um, our process. Although determined, they knew the process would be long and the outcome was uncertain. They weren't even sure what would happen when they brought their American-born baby back to France. So the first thing they did was consult a lawyer. We had a lawyer in France, and uh, our lawyer said um, that we don't have to worry about to be worried about um, crossing the border first, because for us it was uh, like a, a very stressful moment to arrive in, in in our own country with our American uh, baby and uh, to to be able to cross the border and uh, come back to our place to to our home. And um, after that, donc, uh, so the, the lawyer said there will not be an issue for you at this specific point. With their newfound legally advised confidence, they pushed forward and met with American surrogacy agencies. Uh, the first step was meeting in uh, agencies, like uh, to because the. the the point is to be able to find a surrogate who has um, the same uh, point of view that we were we had. So we, we want to build a real relationship with her and uh, to have the opportunity to um, to tell the story to our, our child also. And um, so we want that connection with her. So every agency different is different. So we had to find the good agency for us. Then, they visited a fertility clinic that practices assisted reproduction. After that, they met with their egg donor, Diana, and their surrogate, Crystal. And after that, there's the legal clearance, like you have to have a contract with your surrogate. And then the creation of the embryo, then the embryo transfer, and um, the whole like pregnancy is like every pregnancy, like it's very usual. 
After their surrogate, Crystal, who carried the child conceived with Diana's egg and Aurelian's sperm, became pregnant, Aurelian and Nicholas did what every expecting couple does. They waited, and waited, and waited. And then, about nine months later, they left France to return to the United States for the birth of their first child. After she was born, they named her Louise. Now a family, Aurelian, Nicholas, and Louise, prepared to go home. We stayed around one month in the U.S. Uh, with our baby, and then we came back in France. But the coast wasn't clear just yet. They still had to get their American-born baby back across the French border, which quickly became a major source of stress for the new parents. Um, it was really stressful. Even the situation, like you're flying for the first time with your kid. Our daughter had, uh, she was three weeks old. And uh, so it's, the, the whole experience, it's stressful because you, you have a, uh, like a 12 hours flight. And um, when you arrive, you're kind of tired, of course, when you arrive in, in France. And the thing is, usually when you go abroad for vacation or for anything, when you come back to your country, you, you kind of um, relax because you're feeling like you're coming back home and uh, you have, uh, you know, your your language, your, it's your police, it's your rules, like uh, you've been uh, with uh, forever. So um, you're supposed to be, uh, yeah, relaxed. And uh, it was just the opposite. Like it was a very, very bad feeling to, to be so stressed to arrive in the border of your own country where you're born when you uh, have lived your whole life just because you have a kid and you know that your con country will not recognize your own child. So um, the situation was really stressful. Can you imagine traveling to a different country to welcome your baby into the world, lovingly caring for her for a month, and then confronting the very real possibility that if the border agent you encounter is in a bad mood that day, your baby may not be allowed into your country. It's so nerve-wracking. But we were very lucky. We had a, uh, just a really nice person who checked our passport and our daughter passport also. And she made a joke about uh, how pretty was uh, the, the baby was. So everything went very well, finally. But um, that was a, a, um, a very bad experience, like until the, the, the moment that we arrive and we speak to that person. Everything before that was very, very stressful. With Louise finally home, the hardest parts were behind them. But there was still one giant challenge, establishing Luis's French citizenship. But usually when you're, you're from abroad, like when you're born abroad and you get the French citizenship, to just to, to notice that you became French, you have your uh, first birth certificate, so American in the case of our, uh, of our child, um, who is translated in France and uh, transcript. So then the French authorities have a birth certificate in French for you because you're French. So, and in the case of our, of both of our kids, that specific point has been refused. 
If French people use surrogacy services abroad to have children, the country does not recognize any legal relationship between them and their children who are not granted French citizenship. These children are popularly known as Ghosts of the Republique. To this day, both Luis and Aurelien and Nicholas's second child, Theodore, don't have French citizenship. And if we want to fight for this, because there's other couple who have fight for this, they have been to the European uh, court to fight against France. And many times France uh, have been uh, convicted um, because it's not re respectful of the human uh, rights, specifically um, for the kids, because uh, it's... Um, against the right of, uh, of the child. But nothing's changed since, uh, like, we, they changed the president, they changed, but there's a lobby in France, like the Catholic lobby, who are very powerful, and they don't want surrogacy to enter by any way. So um, that's why they fight against uh, that specific point. We know that, uh, that there's a, a process right now who has been, um, uh, like lawyers, has been fighting for that uh, can help us to have um, the family booklet with our kids. The family book Aurelian referenced is something many European countries use. Basically, it's a civil registry to track information of a genealogical or legal interest. A family record book or a livre de famille generally contains the marriage certificate of the couple and the birth certificates of their children, as well as a certificate of divorce if that exists. As Aurelian describes it, it's a really, really, really important document. This book, yeah, all along your, your, your life, like for example, when you want to present an exam, you still have to have a copy of this family book. So it's very important. And uh, as our, our kids are not on the book, when Louise went to school and they asked for it, or when uh, our son, who is two now, uh, went to the daycare, they, we just have to explain the situation and give the birth, American birth certificate translated in France to, and explain that um, the, our family booklet has been refused for, uh, for our kids. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes it puts us in a bad situation. We take birth certificates and government-issued IDs for granted. But for couples using surrogacy services outside their home countries, obtaining documentation for their foreign-born children is often a grueling and expensive process. The, the French birth certificate, but we have to pay, for example, for, for our two kids, it's around uh, 6,000 or 7,000 uh, euros to have this process. And we just think that it, it's, it's a right like it's a right for them and we don't have to pay and to fight for that. Um, things just have to be uh, as easy as every other kid. And we don't think it's normal that our own country is fighting against the right of our kids. And yeah, for us, it's, it's, um, it's very difficult to have that in mind and to, uh, to explain to them, you know, later, because they are young now and it's really not the moment for, for them to understand what's going on. But even later, if the situation is not fixed, um, I think it's difficult to, to be able to uh, fight for your country, to love your country and to, uh, 
when you when you know that your country is fighting against your own rights. It's it, it was the same for us for during the gay marriage, for example, because uh, we were um, kind of um, the 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 feeling that we had. It was that a lot of uh, like a, a, a part of the population was fighting against just the 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 principle that we wanted the same right as they had. So, and I think right now with our kids, it's the same situation. It's like we are fighting not to have more rights than others, but just to have the same rights as other, every other kids in our own country. From a hopeful parent's position, international surrogacy is a stressful and daunting process. But what's it like from an outsider's point of view? When we come back, you'll hear from Jonathan Narducci, the director of the documentary that chronicles Arulian and Nicholas's journey to fatherhood. Welcome back. Earlier we spoke with a French couple who traveled to the US in order to start a family through surrogacy. Now, we speak to the director of Ghosts of the Republic. My name is Jonathan Narducci. I'm a filmmaker based in Los Angeles, California. I've worked um, on documentary films since about 2010, when I made uh, my first uh, documentary feature called Love Me, which was about men who went to Ukraine on mail-order bride tours. and. Um, Quickly after that film was released, I started work on Ghosts of the Republic. Ghosts of the Republic is... A film about um, two men who come to America for a child. And um, so first comes love, then comes marriage, and then comes the baby in the baby carriage. Um, It wasn't planned that way, but uh, (laughs) it kind of happened um, to just follow suit. Could you tell me a little bit about this documentary? Tell me about its story, its subjects, and kind of what you went through. I mean, it started in France, is that right? Well, the subject of the film is about um, international surrogacy and um, kind of following how men from other countries can have a baby in the United States. It's definitely a character-driven film. So, you know, it's basically, the film is a quest for these two men, you know, if you want to go into like, a very simple narrative. Um, it, it is a narrative film in, in a documentary setting. Um, these two men, you know, are gay. They live in France. They get married and they want to have a child. And they have a big challenge. And that challenge is that they aren't allowed to legally have a baby through surrogacy um, in their country or anywhere else. And so that's the narrative of the film. And, and the ch- what what's kind of the twist of it is that this whole thing is going on under secrecy because they can't be open about what they're doing. And so it just adds another layer of pressure to, to the system, the process of what they're going through. I kind of went into this film actually knowing the characters before I made the film. Um, so while I was shooting my first uh, feature, in mostly in Ukraine, I would stop over in France and visit with some friends. And I ended up meeting um, one of the characters that's in the film. And a couple months later, we were all, him and his hu- or now husband, um, were all here in Los Angeles. The characters Jonathan refers to are the couple we met before, Nicholas and Arulian. 
they kept coming back to California. And I was kind of curious, like of all the places in the world you can go, like, why do you love, you know, Los Angeles so much? And they kind of were secretive about it because they were on a journey to have a child through surrogacy. And so what most people in America and yes, most people in America don't really understand is that surrogacy is illegal everywhere in the world um, besides America at this point. Jonathan is specifically talking about commercial surrogacy. Although it's not illegal everywhere in the world, as we established earlier, it's very restricted in most places. When two men are trying to procreate, um, they have to kind of leave their country and in this case, break the law of their country. And so they were kind of secretive about it. And they hesitantly told me what they're doing. And I was really surprised and taken aback that this whole thing was even a thing. So as they told me about it, I kind of was like, oh my God, I should make a film about this. And six months later, they got married and that was the first day of shooting. What was the most surprising thing to you? I think there was a lot of moments of learning throughout this process. I followed the Supreme Court case um, of another um, couple with their child. And so kind of the most surprising aspect is that because surrogacy is illegal in France, the French do not recognize the children of couples who have a baby abroad through surrogacy. So that's where the title of the film comes from, Ghosts of the Republic. They are ghosts within the Republic of France. And so these children are kind of left in limbo um, of not really having citizenship, but completely being the biological children, well, almost completely, but being the biological and children of these citizens of France. With Jonathan being so close to everyone during filming, he got a front row seat to watching these characters become a family. And he also witnessed the strong connection between Nicholas and Aurelian and their surrogate, Crystal. They were very thoughtful about every aspect. Um, the kind of love that they ended up having with their surrogate was also, I think, kind of beautiful and, and interesting. And, you know, it's it's kind of like a very modern family. I, I, I know, like, sometimes in surrogacy, they don't want to talk about the surrogate as being a mother. Um, but, you know, she, like, kind of was like this very motherly person, you know, and she wanted everything to be taken care of. And, and I think that Nicholas and Aurelian and Crystal, their, their surrogate, all kind of had a beautiful love and care for each other. So that was really surprising. These two men made like every effort to do things in the right way. And along the way, you could definitely see, you know, with a critical eye, like how things could go wrong. And so I think it's, it's a blueprint for how to do it right. In your experience doing this project, was there a day or a shoot that is the most memorable to you? And, and could you talk a little bit about that? Well, I will definitely never forget the day of um, their baby being born. <laughs> we woke up at about three o'clock in the morning and all drove to the hospital together. And she, it, it was a planned induct, induction birth. And that didn't really work. <laughs> so we were there for about, you know, two days and, and I was filming the entire time with all of us in a room together and, and kind of all these crazy sounds and beeps and time was just warping by and and then eventually this baby was born and it was just like, wow, you know, I've been filming this process for like over a year and following these guys and, and this, you know, woman through this whole process and, and 
back and forth between France and Las Vegas, where they had their child, and and finally this baby was here. And it's it's such a like kind of emotional relief to like see this human. I don't know. It, it, it's not my child, but and I don't have a child, but you know, in some ways, I felt the 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 empathize with the feeling of it, you know. And it was like it was a really special moment um, for everyone in the room, including myself. What is your your hope for an outcome from this film? I think I, even like in recent years, documentaries outside of just the LGBTQ space, documentaries like Blackfish, they have really created so much change. What is your hope that this documentary does for the world, for the country? You know, it is a, it's a it's a tough subject when you go into international surrogacy. Um, I think there's a reason while why it's illegal in a lot of countries and actually most countries around the world and so i think what this film shows is is really that it can be done um in a way that um is beautiful beneficial and um kind of allowing people to create their families my hope is, is that people are able to see how to go about this and see what's possible and to see really how you know two men can have a baby and do it in a very ethical and moral and um, beautiful way. To me, it's not like a blackfish film. It was much more intimate. You know, I'm not trying to like change laws necessarily. I just present it. But it, it, it's it, because it's a tough one because I I, I don't want to be like, hey, yes, surrogacy should be allowed everywhere. I, I think I think it would be probably, you know, good if the surrogacy was allowed in their own countries. Because then they can have the the morals and of their of the way that they want to do it, but you know, like there's certainly really sketchy things going on in the surrogacy world. So I wouldn't necessarily want to be like this is a pro surrogacy film, you know. Totally. Yeah. Was that also surprising to you? Like I think of other countries, like like France is very progressive. And I think yeah. a lot of a lot of people do. But what you just mentioned that there's a lot of like shadiness going on in the surrogacy world. Did you know any of those things when before you got into this? Or was that like a wow moment? I was definitely surprised by how much I learned about surrogacy in general. I mean, it is like the Wild West. There's like literally no laws in America. And then it's basically forbidden in every other country. And so people kind of like figure out ways to, to do things. And I think that when you make anything into a black market or kind of like have this, you know, create an illegal version of it or a gray area, like in Mexico or some places in Central and South America, you know, things get weird. And when there's a huge power unbalance between like a, a wealthy country um, couple, like from the United States or from, you know, in this case, France, and they go to like a country like Ukraine where, you know, they're paying a woman for the use of her body. There's a lot of power dynamics that get mixed up. Um, in America, you know, first world, first world kind of issues, it, it becomes a little bit more balanced. And, and I think that you, you have to kind of like, it's just su surprising that like people don't want to embark on this in an ethical way in their own countries to me. I think that that's something that, you know, you should be able to do. The technology is there. People are going to use it. Um, they're going abroad to do it. So why not just regulate it and treat it like you do anything else? 
the debate over legalizing surrogate motherhood has led to some interesting comparisons, like comparing surrogate mothers to sex workers. I mean, prostitution is kind of like the argument um, uh, with surrogacy. It's the, you know, the use of pain for the use of a female body or, um, and so prostitution is kind of allowed in France, but surrogacy isn't. I, I know those are kind of very different ways of looking at it, but a lot of academics use um, prostitution as an example for it. Um, however, prostitution is illegal in America and surrogacy is totally allowed and somewhat regulated depending on the state. A second storyline almost made it into the film. It followed a man named Dominique Warren. Jonathan attended multiple court cases following Warren's story, but he ultimately felt the differences between the court systems in France and America pulled attention away from the main storyline. He was stuck in Russia for, I think, six months with his son, who's now, I think, um, 10. Um, and, you know, that, it was a very, you know, challenging thing for him to, to kind of get his child back and he wanted to you know basically have the ability for him to travel with his son to other countries um his mother was from america and he had a lot of family in america and they wanted to be able to visit this family and so they basically had to go through supreme court over many years um and they sued france and eventually you know won the right to call his child his child and that took basically about seven years. I was at the um, kind of final plea for it. I filmed his lawyers and some of the people um, on the opposing side, as well as the Minister of um, the Interior. The Minister of the Interior plays a big role in the French government and is similar to the Attorney General or Secretary of Homeland Security in the United States. They kind of are the ones who um, give citizenship or, or passports and those kind of things. And they kind of like explained the law. The law to them is that because this child is not created in France um, and not by a Fran French person and because surrogacy is illegal, then it, it makes the citizenship illegal. And so it's a really weird argument. Um, it makes zero sense and it's basically just total, I mean, for lack of a better word, bullshit, because this child is biologically French and, you know, th there's nothing that's not French about them. To a gay couple in France, it seems nearly impossible to have a child through surrogacy. The laws are like mazes that cause couples to get lost in lawsuits and paperwork. You know, it's like, oh, these are all the hoops you're going to have to go through. You're going to have to get back to France. You're going to have to try to sneak your child in. Who knows? What's going to happen when you cross the border? And then you're going to have to sue us, and you're going to have to sue this person, this person, the, these three entities to get citizenship for your child. Because you have to sue a different person for your passport, a different person for your citizenship, and then a different person to have the parentage link, which is something we don't have in America. But basically, it, like, you have to have a link of, um, I don't know how to explain it, but there's a third kind of system of parentage which is or the right to a parent which is basically allows for when somebody passes on or, or um, passes away like that you can receive an inheritance for example and so these are the three levels of citizenship in france that they make them individually sue for and so it's basically just a way for um you know a conservative body to try to um 
prohibit um, through a legal system of basically harassment to not give these children. And it was kind of like to discourage other people to do it. It may not seem like it, but France is a pretty progressive country. But like many countries, they have their ups and their downs. For example, they legalized gay marriage in 2014. So while they had like other kinds of, you know, legal um, marriage bonds kind of, but not called marriage, like you weren't actually allowed to get married as two men or two women until 2014. So actually America was more progressive in that way. So what will that mean for surrogacy laws in the future? So with surrogacy, you know, things I think will take a very long time. I've heard um, since the film has been made that there have been concessions made and that the, the way that the court is going about it is actually, um, and, the, and the activists that are going towards it are, are creating a lot of like ability to, um, you know, get children back into the country easier. The process currently in place is anything but easy, and it doesn't end there. It's also wildly expensive. To come to America, there's no health insurance. You're paying for everything, you know, and you're paying for the use of a woman's body and, and you know, everything involved with that. And it's an expensive process. And, you know, it's really, you know, I don't know if that's right or wrong. You know, I'm not going to be able to, like, comment on that, but it, it, it would be nice for people to have other options that are maybe more affordable and i think a free market in france or other places in europe might allow for that not only does it take a lot out of you financially the process can also drain you emotionally being nine hours away from your child anything can go wrong when you're having a, a baby right and just like being that far away i think is, is you know got to add a lot of stress to the whole situation. Aurelian agreed. There is a mountain of money involved, but on top of that mountain is a family. At the beginning, when you just um, learn about the existence of surrogacy and learn all the, the process you will go through, it seems like a mountain you will have to climb and uh, really, really high mountains, all the information, all the the financial part was very, very difficult sometimes for, for people to handle. Um, so, so just at the beginning, it, it seems like too difficult to access. But at the end, the only thing that uh, remains is of first your family, of course, and then uh, the, the human relationship that you built and a human journey. Yeah. for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pride. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. This episode was written by Caitlin McDaniel. 
But surprise, France makes it really hard for same-sex couples to adopt. Come on, France. 